check your calendars, guys. It must be Wednesday because on Wednesdays we do podcasts. Now, I'm here with Donna Felder, actually in my dining room, which is the weirdest thing ever because we're on the move. Welcome, Donna. Thanks. Thanks for having me. No worries. It's weird being in my kitchen. I hope it sounds all right, everyone. Well, it is a beautiful kitchen to be in, though, I do have to admit. I'm very lucky, aren't I? You are. It's gorgeous. I love it. So for everybody listening at home, tell us, who are you? Me? So I am a, a mother of two. So I have a nine-year-old boy and a four-year-old girl, a wife. Very lucky to have a very supportive husband uh, and an amazingly understanding husband at that. Um, I'm a business owner and somebody who has only just uh, in the last couple of years realized uh, that there's a way to live amazingly rather than just sort of plod along. So I'm very lucky I get to be 40 this year and I have to say that probably like my life has just started just before 40. Midlife. Yeah. Opposite of crisis. Yeah, ultimately. <laughs> I love that every time I ask somebody, the first thing that they always say is, I'm a mum. Yeah. Like if they're a mum, I should say. Like that's, is that the most important thing in your life? Do you know what? It's the, it is an amazing thing in my life, but it come out because I was at a networking event and we were going around introducing ourselves and I went, you know, I'm Donna Felder and I'm a life coach and a business coach and this is what I do and da 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 straight into that role. Never even mentioned the fact that I was a wife and a mum. And then as, you know, we went around the circle, that's what came in. I was like, ooh, is that a terrible mother of me and wife of me to not think of family at home? But I just was in, you know, work mode and... Yeah, uh, it, it always blows my mind that, that they put that first. And it is something people always put their family, well, not always, most people put their families first. Yeah. It's interesting. Anyway, so what is it that your business is? So I call myself a success coach because uh, I guide people into getting success in whatever area of their life they want to really move forward in. So, you know, success is objective to you know it's a perception thing what I call success and what you call success could be very very different um but it's around those areas that people go you know what I'm just stuck in this whether it's a job they hate or they want to keep their relationship but it's not going so well whether it's a health thing you know I want to be fit and healthy but I can't move past such and such a thing Uh, I work with them to let go of the things that prevent them really, really quickly and then start the right, what next, what next, where do we go from here, what's the next three things you can do that's going to make it happen really quick. So it's it's that sort of motivational driver into getting the results that you want. What are most of your clients coming to see you for? Uh, I see a whole different range, I guess because I do life and business. Um, When it comes to life coaching, a lot of it is that is that being stuck in a rut and feeling like... I'm not good enough. This whole, I should be able to do this and I should be able to do that. And, you know, I really want to go for this amazing job, but, you know, my family and, um, you know, I want to be fit and healthy, but I just can't make the time. I don't have the time to be. So it's it's a real, um, I'm not happy where I'm at feel. And, or, you know, there's a problem for me based in whether it's, we think it's just work or we think it's just at home or, you know, we think it's just inside our health. And so generally I'll see people for the one thing. And in fact, it's related to, 
whatever it, else. It's, yeah, deep somewhere else. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what, business coaching is classic for that. Absolutely. I found out, um, you know, I did a heap of soul searching. Gosh, when was that? When I was 19, probably. And um, I went to what I call a witch doctor. I don't know what her actual technical thing is, but anyway. And at 19, I um, I think I was 19. Anyway, irrelevant. I found out that I had all of these, because I'm a pretty well put together person on the outside, I feel like anyway, especially for my age. And I went to this witch doctor and she's just like, so what happened to you when you were 16, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm. And I found out all of these things that were actually barriers in me moving forward and being a better version of myself and one of them was um like female friendships why I don't have many female like really good friends yeah. and um now I've got way more friends because I actually let people in again yeah so it's amazing there's so many things in our life that generally we're unconscious of so I talk in the work that I do I talk a lot about our unconscious mind um, which is not separate, it's not its own thing. It's the part of our mind that we're not consciously aware of, not consciously using. And that controls like 90% of our behaviors. So we respond and react in certain ways and then go, well, I don't know why I do that. I don't know why my life is that way. So, you know, the work that I do, a lot of that is about uncovering exactly, you know, what is it back there that points you in this direction? And it's really amazing. It can be as simple as in your childhood, somebody saying, you know what, Kyara, you can't always have what you want. And you accept that to be your absolute truth. And that's how it pans out in your life. You get close to getting what you want and all of a sudden you self-sabotage or you go, oh, I'm not really sure if I want that. And you can't quite get there. And it's all due to this belief. So speaking of growing up, what was your family like when you were growing up? What was your childhood? My childhood. So I was uh, born and bred down south of Adelaide. In a place called Hackham West, which... Is that the ghetto? Yeah, that's the <laughs> ghetto of the South, totally. So people go, Elizabeth, yeah, well, that's Elizabeth of the South, ultimately. Um, and so I went to Hackham West Primary School, I went to Christie's Beach High School, and they had that reputation of, you know, it was the Bronx and, you know, nothing good ever come out of there. And I think for whatever reason, my mum and dad were amazing. They were really loving, had a loving, you know, extended family around aunties and uncles and cousins. Uh, but I took on this whole Hack and West girl thing and played it out. So, you know, the, the bad attitude and the, uh, you know, I'll never be anything, I'll never do anything. So I'll be rough and tough. You know, I used to fight and be really feral as a kid. I love cousin. that. Which is, for those that don't know me, I'm like two foot nothing and tiny, so it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was me, this rough, tough, little feral, um, which I carried through. I was very lucky that mum and dad very much instilled a, um, a kind of a work hard attitude, be willing to work hard and, and go the extra mile. So I had that backing, but me socially, like totally took on the feral of, feral award and made that me and do you have brothers and sisters i do i have an older brother so he's six years older than me he's uh, now living in beautiful tasmania um but you know i i guess we had likenesses but were very different sort of growing up um i i actually don't know it'd be interesting to chat to him about how much did that affect him like does he even notice or consider the old Hackham West Day. Yeah. I, else. I, um, I was born at the Barmer Hospital and I grew up until I was six in Marook. 
And um, people don't believe me. They're like, no way, you didn't live in Marook. I'm like, yeah, I, I did. And I call Marook a hole, not because it actually is, but you legitimately have to drive down and out to get out. <laughs> and we lived in this tiny little house um, and people that live in Marook would know where it is. Like as you drive in, it's on the left-hand side. It's, a, it's an old house and um, I'm an only child. And from that point on, we've always had bigger houses and I've not really wanted for anything. And people always say to me like, oh, you're so lucky you're an only child. You know, you must have got everything. Yeah, And it's like... But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I didn't want for much, yeah. but my parents made me work for things and instilled in me that hard work is rewarded. Yeah. But I don't think everybody's like that. No, absolutely not. And it's, you know, I guess it's about our, our parents have tried to instill in us what they thought was right. So, you know, they were taught different things and raised in a certain way that become, you know, their model of the world. This is, you know, their beliefs, what they thought was right and wrong, what was okay, what was not. And so then they instill that into us and, and, you know, we start with that and then we kind of add to it and change it from whether it's our peers, you know, our friends at school, whether we had, um, you know, a role model in our life. Unfortunately for me, my role models were very much uh, musicians. So video hits every uh, Saturday morning and rage every Sunday. So, you know, in came this awkward... Uh, rough tough little bitch and then this tardy little um pretty spears yeah totally <laughs> yep absolutely so you know that was something that came into play as well that I noticed through my life um and I, whether it was the clash of those or oh, could have been so so many more things like ultimately I took I took that and ran with it through my life and it ultimately became a chip on my shoulder that I wasn't aware of it really like, and it shouldn't, but that really like scares me because you can really fuck your kid up, hey? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're like, oh, your parents could be great models, but if they're not, like you could really fuck up a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Not on purpose, but no. Well, and that's the thing, like, and we do like when I went through when I went and did all my training through NLP and hypnosis and whatever, and I got all these new learnings and and understood how the mind work. I was like, oh man, my kids like. <laughs> what have I done? They've got no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But then it also comes with the understanding that, you know, everything that I've done, I've absolutely believed to be the right thing, you know, in that moment. It's all come from a place of love and a place of where I, I felt like this would be the most beneficial for them. So, you know, I think that that understanding of, yeah, no doubt I've made mistakes, fuck things up regularly, still do. Uh, <laughs> But knowing that, you know, I didn't go out of my way to do that. My intention was good. And, you know, I guess you do something, you learn from it and go, well, okay, not so much. But, you know, kids are their own people too. They've got to have their own experiences and they don't just take what they learn from their parents. You know, you can be non-swearing parents and your kid comes home and swears and you go, how did that happen? Yeah, they learn stuff wherever. Yeah, I know. And if swearing makes you a bad person these days, I'm all right with it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I don't think it's a big deal, but, you know, again, that's how we build our model of the world. For some people, it's totally offensive. For other people, it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So you've only recently gone and done your studies then. What were you doing before you did your own success coaching? So I uh, was working for Bank SA in Bury and in Loxton. So that was actually what brought me to the Riverland. 
I was uh, south of Adelaide when I turned 16 I moved to the Clare Valley I had 10 years there and then and moved here to take a job with the bank so and you know in that time I thought I was the most amazing employee ever and like the best customer service person (laughs) ever and oh my god the bank will fall apart when I leave and then I guess through these learnings what I learned was actually I was shit and a terrible employee employee. yeah (laughs) Like totally closed-minded and totally like this is what I believe to be right and wrong and there's nothing outside of that. So, um, you know, I would feel like I was protecting my customers by not um, selling them stuff. But what that meant was actually I wasn't telling them about the things that could help them in amazing ways. And it just was being stuck inside of this, you know, my own model of the world and that's all there is and uh, having... I guess like completely different beliefs about business than what I have now as well. Having a total misunderstanding of what it is, how it works and what can be achieved. Um, and I was one of those people that dragged my colleagues in, you know, and I, oh, I freaking hate this job and this rah, 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 rah. Did I ever look for another job? No. <laughs> Did I ever actually make a change? No. <laughs> but I went around and said all this stuff like it was yeah, you know, doom and gloom dragged everyone down with you yeah so what was it that finally pushed you to do this extra study so i um i got into energy healing mm-hmm. which like reiki and so i was like you know what i can do a bit of that on the side and and really help people so i was kind of half in this um like woo woo people call it woo woo phase of healing and then you know the banky and anyway i I was like, yeah, I'll start my own business and I'll do this Reiki and I'll, I'll share that. And, and of course, like with me thinking that nothing's my fault and I have no control, the business was like no good. Failing. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And so I straight away was like, oh, the people of Loxton are too conservative and, you know, they don't understand what it is. Like just straight away push the like blame outside of myself. So the cool thing about that was what led me to what can I bring that people know about? So then I went and studied massage. Everybody knows about that. They'll all come in, you know, they'll be knocking my door down. Yeah, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Brought that to the forefront. Yeah, still a struggle. So I I was listening to my clients going, how else can I help people? Because I still had this kind of inner thing that I wanted to help people. So uh, listening to needs, a lot of it was around um, weight loss and a behavioral change, you know, quitting smoking and um, stopping from OCD behaviors and, and that type of thing. And so, you know, I hit the internet and come up with hypnosis and I was like, amazing, I'll do that, I'll learn that. So I started my study and one of the very first lessons we had with hypnosis was about cause and effect and understanding that um, we're at cause of everything in our lives. However, nine times out of 10 or more, we choose to be at effect. So, you know, I'd be really fit and healthy, but you know, my kids take up all my time. I would be an amazing employee, but my boss is an ass. Always this stuff outside of ourselves. And so in that moment, I learned that actually it's all me. And if I want to do well and be successful, I've got to drive that, you know? And I looked back and I was like, well, in my business, you know, when were I, when was I talking to people? When was I saying, you know what, I believe I can help you with that. And, you know, if you're open, let's talk about this. And, yeah, you know, I just, I just was totally like, well, I'll just sit back here and wait for everyone to come. Yeah. And then when they didn't blame them. 
So like that was my biggest learning was this whole cause and effect and that if I'm not happy with something, then I have the power to make a change. I'm watching um, the TV show Lucifer at the moment. I don't know if you've watched it. I thought it was going to be a horror. Yeah. It's a comedy. Anyway, so he goes through like three seasons thinking that God, who was his dad, sent him to hell and took away his wings and gave him a devil face or whatever. And then I'm up to season four and last night, he realized that he felt guilt and he took away his wings and gave himself a devil face. And I, and I was just like sitting back going, thinking how deep it was. And then Jamie, my other half's like, Oh, that was a bit shit, wasn't it? And I was like, (laughs) no, that's amazing. Like the message that was passed on was so deep. Like the blame, the guilt, the success that we put on ourselves is entirely up to us. My dad has tattooed in Chinese shit tattoos on his chest that says like my happiness is up to me yeah and uh, you know up until this sort of latest time in my life I was like that's the shittest tattoo ever but it's actually very meaningful absolutely and just that awareness you know the minute you start to put things outside of yourself and say um you know they made me feel this way or they made me fail or I could have done this if it wasn't for them like you just render yourself powerless yeah. because what can you do about that? Nothing. But when you step into your power and go, you know what? I'm not happy here. I can do something about this. Then all of a sudden you are empowered. You've, you've stepped back into your power and gone, this is my life. And you know what? I'm going to call it the way I want it to be. So let's, for the listeners, let's go, okay, um, somebody's not happy with their job right? They're not happy with their job, which means that they're not happy in life in general, because that's just how it works. Absolutely. What is step numero uno from Donna? Uh, Find out what it is that you would happily do if money wasn't a part of it. So So if if money was not an issue, you didn't have to pay for your house and all that sort of stuff. If money did not come into the equation, what could you happily do each and every day? And that is the first consideration about what direction do I want to go? because we're really good at talking about what we don't want and what we don't like. And the amount of times I say to people, well, what would you like instead? And they can't come up with anything. So I think it's realizing, you know, what is it gonna be that's gonna make me tick? So you're already starting to redirect your thinking towards what is it that makes me happy? What is it that's gonna ignite this passion? Because that will bring motivation in itself. And do you think that people go, oh, okay, um, I want to do this. And they think that that has to be 100%. What I find is like, oh, I really, really want to do this, but I can't do that in the Riverland because the Riverland. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, why don't you just do it every, like, every now and again? Oh, what's the point then? Because it's something. Like, yeah. So I think people expect 100% happiness 100% of the time. Yeah. And it's just this unrealistic expectation of happiness. Absolutely. Now, look, I think that you can have more happiness than what we tend to have in our lives. But the fact is, if you were like that all the time, you would kind of forget how amazing it is. Yeah. You know, you've got to have the sadness to understand the happiness. You've got to have, um, you know, everything is yin and yang. Everything has its opposite. You must have death to have life. Mm. Um, so and, I think, you know, and, and that a lot of that stuff is our learning. If we didn't come across these things that made us uncomfortable, that made us feel, you know, made, I use loosely, but, you know, drove us to look for something different, then we just would be at a standstill. And that's just not what, how we're created. Absolutely. And I also get a lot of the time, 
like, Harry, you do too much. You're too busy. And it's like, well, compared to what? Compared to who? Compared to you? Like, yeah. you know, compared to you, you've got two kids. I don't have any kids. Yep. I, I've got all of that time that you spend caring about them to care about other things, you yeah. know? So I fill my life with these sorts of things, like doing this podcast and, uh, you know, doing my marriage celebrant stuff and helping out friends because it gives me satisfaction. Yeah. My nine to five is a bloody great job, but it's not what makes me me. Yeah. It's, it's a job, you know? Yeah. And yes, there's days where I absolutely tick boxes and make people's lives better. But then there's days where I don't do that too. And yeah. I've just come to the understanding that I'm okay with that because I find my happiness, well, extra happiness, out extracurricular. Yeah. Is that, I don't know. Well, I think that's amazing. And, you know, like we've touched on that about, you know, how is that a problem and why is – I think that's amazing. So, you know, where should there be judgment about, well, that's only out of hours or that's only this often or, you know, I think if you touch one person's life in a positive way, that is phenomenal. If you do one thing that lifts you from feeling like, yeah, I'm pretty happy to, I'm full of energy and amazing, then, you know, do more of that. Do more of that. Yeah. Just yeah. do you absolutely <laughs> it's like the motto of this show like I'm and I think I told you when I said that you were going to come on I was like listen to this episode like the world is your oyster and I just had this one thing where it's like if there's something you want to do like if you could do one thing why aren't you yeah great question it's not what's stopping you from doing it because the only thing that's stopping you from doing it is you absolutely and we do we get in our own way with all these like limiting beliefs and I can't do that and this fear of failure you know, it's, it's such an issue to, oh, I could do that, but what if it doesn't work out? But what if it does? You know, like I, that's the flip side of thinking. And yes, shit can happen, but so can success. And I know which way I want to focus. You know, I think that's become my motto because so many people go, well, I want this, but oh, this and this and this. And it's like, well, you're kind of getting this and this and this anyway. Yeah. And in a broad understanding, what is failure? Good question. Okay. Two. <laughs> well, you know, what is it? Because, you know, in my belief, there is no failure. There's only feedback. Yes. You do something, it doesn't work. Then you go, well, great. That doesn't work. Now I'll do it like this. But I find <laughs> that I set myself when I do something, I'm like, oh, I need to do it and it needs to be perfect. That's yes. my issue. Like expecting perfection of myself. And I work on it constantly. Yeah. That sometimes peas get degrees, you know, yeah. like sometimes you're okay to just... If it does the job, just do it. Yeah. Um, but that's what I find. Like if it's not perfect, it's not done well, but everybody else thinks it's great, but I'm the only one that doesn't. Well, the, the whole thing is everything is about people's perception and people's perspective. And so we quite often set ourselves up with this level of perfection. But, you know, if you're in a room of 10 people, you pretty much can guarantee at least one person's going to go, oh, shit. Oh, it's just what it is because people, you and I could attend, um, we could attend a concert together, right? And we sit side by side. So we're pretty much in the same spot and, and whatever else. And, and we have this amazing time and that's all great. Now, if we're separated and we sit down and we recount what that was about and, you know, what did we notice? What was great? What wasn't great? It could be absolute worlds apart because, you know, you've got your own ideals on that and I've got mine. 
You know, mm. you might have noticed that the singer moved in a certain way. I noticed the guitarist did. It's, I noticed that the toilets were too far away when I had to get up and that drinks were expensive. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, whereas you're like, how amazing was the music? And I forgot about the music because I thought about the drinks. Yeah. But isn't that such a weird concept? Like we put life into a concert and we all look at it differently. Absolutely. Well, we do that with everything. And, you know, like I say to people, and this is, I don't know if this is getting deep or not, but like words are just words. Words are labels we put on an experience. What we forget to remember is that all of our experiences is different. So, you know, we could willingly sit here and talk about love and, you know, love is amazing and love is this. But, you know, in my mind, what I actually believe to be love and what you believe it is could be worlds apart. I bet you that they're not that worlds apart though. Well, because who knows? I don't know you from a bar of soap, but you seem like a pretty realistic person. I do my best. <laughs> like, and <laughs> I have people, because I'm a marriage celebrant, that think that love is what people see. Yeah. And love is something that you should feel and that should constantly be that. Yeah. Whereas I have this thing where you get given a certain amount of love at the start of a relationship, right? Yeah. Here's your amount of love. And if you look after it, it blooms. And if you don't look after it and you just show it all off on Facebook, you use your quota of love up real quick. And that's why some relationships only last two years. And that's why some last longer. Cause you got to work for that shit. Yeah. You know, and it's not easy because you give so much of yourself in relationships. Like, and you compromise all the time because if you don't, then you're using up your love quota. And yeah. it's just like, I want to, I want my love quota to legitimately last me a lifetime. Like yeah. I want this to work. Yep. But, and I think, and it can, but it is having that understanding of like, ultimately we change, we evolve and we change as, you know, we go as through people. these. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what we're designed to do. But then the understanding, you know, you go into love and you, you pick for whatever reason. And, and I guess what, this is where the differences is, you know, is it somebody that physically attracted you uh, and said the right things and you were in? Was it somebody that made you feel a certain way? Was it because, you know, two peas in a pod, whoop, whoop, we're the same. Let's get on board, you know, whatever. Um, but so we go in and we go, oh, everything's amazing. And we kind of block out a lot of, you know, what's happening in their relationship because it doesn't suit us to look there. And then as time goes on, all of a sudden you go, yeah, that snoring thing that I used to think was cute. I'm about to hold a pillow over your face. Yeah. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And so then it becomes like this, instead of going, you know what? It was always there. Yeah. And I let it go for this long and whose fault really is that? Do you find that relationship stuff really builds into people's success or not? Yeah, absolutely. So I I worked with a business owner uh, around business coaching and we did uh, our first, we were doing 12 sessions. Our first eight sessions, we didn't touch on a single thing in the business. Because what does it matter if your relationship's shit when you get home? Well, I think you can't help but bring it. Like we have this ideal about you leave your shit at the door. You don't. It becomes like, and generally that shit starts from something that is a part of you, something you need to be aware of, something you need to make a change on or, you know, so it's never only just at home. It comes with you. And then, you know, if you're, 
a partner says something to you that you know sends that shiver up your spine and brings on that instant anger it's really simple to walk into work one day and somebody says it just as a flyby you know what they get the same reaction it's like (gasps) there's that thing that sets me off and then all of a sudden it's in your business if you you know are treated you feel like you're being treated like crap at home you will find people treat you like crap at work because you're looking for it it's what you're focused on it's where your energy's at so there's no leaving it at the door it just is you know if you have an amazing relationship at home that uh, you feel like you give as much as you receive and you know everything as I mean nothing's perfect but everything as wonderful as it can be for you all of those amazing things you see there you will see in your workplace because that's where your focus is also all of the stuff that's just plateau and mundane too like you know some i that's what i find with relationships and i'm by no means a relationship expert like just just because my relationship works doesn't mean that it's going to work for everybody no but people think that because what you do it's going to work for them but do you find that with your success coaching that every single person is completely different you bet absolutely again going back to that what is their model of the world yeah there's um, a really, it's really interesting talking about relationships. There's an amazing um, sort of quiz that I send out. A few people are familiar with it called the five love languages. Mm-hmm. And it talks about what is your love language because like there's five different ones if you group them really quite simply. And so some of it is words of affection. Uh, other, you know, another one is spending time. So if mine is words of affection and yours is spending time and you're trying to impress me, what you're going to do is you're going to go, well, Donna, I want to spend the day with you and let's go here together and let's, and I'm going to be going, tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to hang out with you unless you're going to sit there and tell me how amazing and beautiful I am. Yeah. So, you know, it's different. And same thing. Like I'm going to sit here and go, you know what, Kyara, you're beautiful and you're amazing and you're so smart and whatever. And you're going to go, I don't give a shit if you're about to walk out the door and I don't see you for the next two hours. Yeah. Because wow. that's not your love language. So, you know, that's how simply we can, you know, have what we feel is a problem created in, in a relationship. Can listeners do this quiz? Yeah, absolutely. Is that something we could put on your Facebook page for yeah, people to I'll be able to do? Yeah, I'll put a link up. I'll yes. put a link up for it. I want to do it. I'll make yeah. sure everybody does it. It's so super cool. And uh, get your partner to do it as well if they're willing because it will give you a real insight into, you know, how you can do the things that will, you know, really make them feel special and really make them feel you love. Yes. You know, there's there would be, I don't know how many people that are spending all this time outside, you know, mowing lawns and whatever because they think that's going to impress their, their missus when their missus is sitting inside going, I just wish he would sit here with me for And watch minutes. Netflix, yeah. <laughs> You know, and vice versa. So, yeah, I'll put it up. It is so – it's interesting to do. And even when I did it, I learned stuff about myself that it was like, really? I didn't know that was important. Yeah. Have you found your journey that I use in air quotes to be very self-taught? Like you've learned so much about yourself? Absolutely. When I went into – When I started down the path of hypnosis, when I got my biggest learning ever, that was all outside of me. Like, I'm going to do this for my clients. I'm going to do this so I can offer an amazing service and da 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 Like, I never realized how much it was going to give me. But it's it's a total flip around, you know, what I was. Like this, you know, little asshole that had no responsibility in anything. You know, I had a very colorful um, 
I guess, childhood, whereas that nasty mean girl and the fighter and the nasty, I had some great opportunities in my life that I just closed the book on because, you know, I could never do that and I'm not smart enough and I'm just this loser from Hackham West. And um, that wasn't, I guess, the total, you know, it was always somebody else's fault. You know, oh, there's nobody around to help me with my study, so I can't make it happen. Um, I was, and I don't proudly say, but um, I was married and divorced at the age of 21 within a six-month period. So, um, you know, at the time I sat back and went, not my fault, you know, totally him. He was a jerk and he was a nothing to do with me. I was perfect. And, you know, things like that. And then had this self-awareness to go, ooh, yeah, probably I fucked up quite a few things there. <laughs> like going back that you don't want to talk about your marriage, but do you think that like I was 21, mm. like maybe it was both of our faults and just the world not being ready for 21. Absolutely. Like, and I think, um, you know, and I don't say this to make excuses. There were learnings there that I needed. There was learnings there that he needed, you know, for whatever reason that event was created to teach me something, to direct me somewhere, you know, same for him. And, And I think, what happens unfortunately is is we have these things that pop up and these learnings if you miss the learning guess what it happens again yeah you go oh, i'm never going to have a guy like that again same guy oh i'm never going there again same guy oh my god it's friends are you guys. listening guys guys listen to this <laughs> so, I'm you're sorry. not learning <laughs> i know well it's a hard it's a hard thing to drive home i'm sorry but it ain't them it's you it's honey you <laughs> And that's not to say you're a horrible person, you don't deserve love or any of that stuff. It's just awareness about, you know, how do we really behave? And But I always say this. It's just like you find somebody that treats you shit because you like feeling like you're a piece of shit. Yes. Like you want yourself to feel like a piece of shit. Imagine yep. if you felt really good about yourself, the sort of person that you would attract. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Like, like, likes, like, like. Likes I like, but <laughs> I don't know that what that is. Yeah, but it is, and so you do attract that to you. So you know, if you're out there, and this is, you know, this is a classic thing of so many people go, oh, I don't feel like I can be me because nobody will like me. At the end of the day, if you be you, the right bloody people will like you. It's that simple. Yeah, and if they don't like you, they're shit friends anyway. Exactly, but you know, you've got to have that ability to put out what it is you want. You know, be the person that you want to attract, and accept nothing less. You know, we, in life and business, we treat, oh, sorry, we teach people how to treat us, whether it's your partner, whether it's your mum and dad, whether it's your kids, it doesn't, your best friend, we teach people how to treat us. It's the same in your business. If you're in a business, you teach your clients how to treat you. So, you know, if you, uh, in life stage, if you let your kids yell at you once or twice and go, not a big deal, guess what? They've learned that yelling at you once or twice is okay. And it will get a result. If your, you know, partner does something that belittles you, and you go, "Wow, that's not cool," but you let it go, you've taught them that it's okay to do that. If in your business you um, heavily discount somebody, then they'll expect that discount every time, no matter what value and what level of service you give them. So it's about being, no, this is my value. This is what I'm worth. I believe that I offer whatever it is to you and so this is what i you know this is what i expect from you in return step up or step out that's exactly that it's exactly that i just talking to you before we started this said don't i don't even know why i do these podcasts because it ain't for the money 
Yeah. It's genuinely so that I can learn things and why not learn them and let everybody else learn them at the same time? That's why I listened to podcasts in the first place, right? I was listening to these podcasts to learn about marketing and learning about how to murder someone and get away with it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like I was learning things and I thought, well, these are all pretty useless information. Like, why don't I learn things that I should probably know? Yeah. And... Then I realized that that's why I'm doing this. Like I'm doing this to learn more like you did with your hypnosis, I guess it's so that, and it's giving back, but it's really for me. Absolutely. (laughs) Because I'm selfish. (laughs) But there's nothing wrong with that because ultimately your, you know, your ability to go, well, this is what I need and I'm willing to share that. Then you just by default help other people. Yeah. It's by default. That's what it is. It's not intentional. It's amazing. And even if that was you know, that could have been the intention. And so it goes both ways. If your intention for me, my intention was only to help people outside of me because I was so fucking perfect, right? I didn't need help. Um, no, I got this. Kidding. Yeah, that's right. Um, but so my my intention was totally outside of me. And then the learning was like, oh my God. And what I got for me was phenomenal to a point that I was like, you know, still coming from a point of service, but a passionate service of, oh my God, I've just learned that I could have avoided all of this shit in my life, you know, and obviously I needed it to learn and to get to where I am today. But I think it just totally motivates me to share with other people that you don't have to stay in that shit job. You don't have to stay in that horrible relationship. I mean, obviously there's workarounds. Sometimes it's just a little bit of work brings it back to amazing. Other times it's completely close the door and don't look back. But it's, it's just the understanding of you can move like you're not a freaking tree. Yeah. If you don't like where you're at, move. Yeah. And you can and be empowered to do that and then say, you know what? This is now what I want. This is how I expect to be treated. I mean, obviously, there's some ecology around that. Um, you know, you do have to consider if you've got kids to look after, bills to pay, da 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 Yeah, um, and you might not be able to do it all at once, but it's no. putting the steps in place so that when an opportunity does come up, you can take it. Absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, for me, for all those years going, oh, I freaking hate this job. The minute I get another job, I'm out of here. I didn't actually look for a single one, you know, so that might be the first step. If it's your job that you're completely unhappy with, you know, start thinking about what is the job that would make you tick, make you feel alive each and every day. You know, next step is do up your resume. Next step is start talking to people or start Googling or start learning if there's a gap. There's a million things you can be doing, which is starting to step you towards the outcome you want. You know, it it is that, well, this is what I want. Great. You know, what's the next three things you can do to get there? What's the one thing you can absolutely do today that's going to take you in the direction that you want to go? And then fucking do it. Absolutely. (laughs) Take action. Take action. Get out of your own way and do it. That's the thing. People would come to you and be like, okay, Donna, I want a miracle cure for my life to be better. Yep. And then you give them, okay, you help them work with these three steps. And then you're like, okay, what's the one thing you're going to do today? And they're like, I'm going to go do this. And then they come back for their second appointment and you're like, how did step numero uno go? And they're like, oh, you know what? I got really busy. Yeah. And it's like, and I go, oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you you hold them accountable? Absolutely. So when I first started, I didn't. Because yeah. it beca- it was all like, a, oh, it's okay, you know, we're working on something, it's a process. And then I realized that actually that, that made no change for people. It enables them. So ultimately, it, everything I do, I say to people, everything I do comes from a place of love. 
And I mean you no disrespect, but they will be things that I do and say that might be awkward or uncomfortable for you. The whole point is, I have all the respect in the world for you. I have zero respect for your problems. And this is how we deal with that. So if you're going to come in and give me horse shit, I'm going to tell you about it. Jess um, Monaghan was on a couple of weeks ago and I said to her, I'm like, Jess, I feel really bad because I don't have compassion. And she's like, Clara, you got compassion. I'm like, no, I don't. Like, I really don't care. She's like, you care when it's deserved. You don't care when it's not. There's a difference between compassion and empathy or something. And like, it made me genuinely realize that when somebody needs me, like actually needs me. Yeah. I'm there with bells on. Yep. But when they're feeling sorry for themselves, I'm like, no. (laughs) No, which is ultimately like that's helping people. The worst thing you can possibly do is take somebody's problem away or, um, you know, hide them from situations. Because when you do that, they miss learning the ability to cope. You know, you actually take an integral part of their learning away from them. So yes, you know, as a parent, you want to take all your kids' troubles away and you don't want them to hurt, but they must. You know, you don't want them to fail. They must. Failure is a super important process about learning and about getting to success. You must fail. If you don't fail at something, you are not trying hard enough. Yeah. It's that Yeah, or you're not setting your goals high enough. Like yeah. What I found was I always work harder when I'm working towards something. So like goal setting is something that's really important to me. Yep. And so I'd set a target and then I'd be like, oh, I'm only, let's say, for example, I work in banking too. I'm only $2,000 off. Like, oh my God, I'm going to get there. And so I'd encourage the rest of the team to help me get to my, yeah, you know, targets. And then, so the next month then I'd set it a little bit higher and then a little bit higher. And before I know it, like my targets were at unreal, <laughs> like, <laughs> unrealistic levels. And, but that's okay because if you, if you're not setting them high enough, then how are you going to beat them? How Absolutely. are you going to be better? And then I got to the point where I realized like I was setting them so high that I would never achieve them. Yeah. And I had to sort of bring myself back down. Yeah. And that all comes with learning as well. Absolutely. And, and in a way, like it's kind of a fine line because I'm huge on goal setting as well. Now, open to perception, whatever, you know, goal setting can be blasé. The problem is if you don't goal set, you get to this point where you go, you know what? I just want to be happy. We go, yay for happy. But what actually does that mean? You know, some people are happy to wake up in the morning. Other people need a million dollars to be happy. So what does your happy mean? And everybody's happy is different. Yes. yes. And everybody, so they say that, and I was talking to Danielle, who's a like savings strategist type um, thing. And she taught me a lot about how I can fix saving my money because I'm good at spending it. And I said to her, I'm like, but Danielle, like money does buy me happiness. Like I buy things with my money yeah, that make me happy. And she's just like, cool. Exactly. How is that a problem? How is that a problem? If you've got enough money to buy the things that you want and still yeah. be in a safe and um, that was my problem. I sort of didn't leave myself enough, <laughs> a big enough safety net in the event that she'd hit the fan, you know, so yeah. I'm working towards a safety net, but she's like, hun, if you got the money and you want something, you work really hard for it. You buy it. Yep. It's the people that don't have the money that think that those things are what makes them happy. Not experiences. You know, like I like going on a holiday for the experience. Yeah. We bought a river block for the lifestyle. Yeah. You know, so it's a, they're different things. I don't buy $300 skirts. (coughs) Girls. (laughs) And absolutely. And so what makes people happy is, is different. And, you know, for me, money is about choices. 
you know, I want to know that I'm secure. If my brother rings up, you know, from Tassie and says, I need you right now, I can drop stuff and go. You know, I want to make sure that if something happens with my kids, um, you know, they need braces or they need whatever and go, okay, well, great, let's do that. Um, so for me, it's about having choices. I've got a, a friend up in the Gold Coast that's turning 70 this year. I want to have the choice to go, you know what, I'm going. Too right. Count me and I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be in the best costume, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, so it's it's different to different people and and that's okay. Like as long as it's not a problem, then as far as I'm concerned, you spend your money on whatever you want. If uh, spending it on trading sports cards is what makes you happy, great. Like I look at that and go, oh, what the? But that's not my <laughs> model of the world, you know. Yeah. So, but I don't judge for that reason because I know this: the things that I enjoy, the things that I go, wow, this has made it the best day ever. Other people will be going, eh, is she like totally out there or... Yeah. And it's just because we all have different things that make us happy or we'd all be doing the same bloody thing. Exactly. <laughs> and I have this um, thing at work because I work in car sales Monday to Saturday. And um, sometimes the boys go to me, you know, oh, Cara, this is really hard. Like it's really hard. And sometimes it's really hard. Yeah. And this is across the board. And I say it to my other half the other time. I'm like, mate, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Damn straight. Like if it was easy the reward would not be exciting. Exactly. It's just if you get things handed to you on a silver platter, you expect them. Yep. Like I have this like thing about expectations. We have customers that have expectations. Like you said, you know, you give them a discount and they expect it next time. Yeah. And people have um, uh, in this day and age, and I sound like I'm 50 though when I'm saying this, or like 150, <laughs> but you know, people have these entitlements. Yeah. Like, I'm entitled to a good job. I'm entitled to be happy. I'm entitled. No, you're just entitled. Yeah. Like, you're just an entitled person. The world doesn't owe you shit. No. Like, you've got to earn it. Like, you've got to yeah. want it. You've got to work towards it. And sometimes it takes time and sometimes it takes effort. But yep. I guess with what you do, you sort of short is that like you shorten the process of how long it takes for people to realize this shit yeah so is that the aim <laughs> absolutely so it's to get rid of when we you know we go into things and and straight away we tend to you know like i think i said earlier we get in our own bloody way like you go oh i really want to do this but oh i don't know enough or i'm not smart enough or i don't live in the right town to do that or like they're just limiting beliefs they're this, you know, crap that you've taken on way back when that you still bring with you now. Now, ultimately, you know, what's your proof of that is the first question. But what I do is I let people or I help people to let go of that stuff. Like that's the first, get, get rid of all that stuff that's going to prevent you, that's going to hold you back. And then when you can see it, you know, then we start opening your mind to, well, you know, what can I really achieve? And what's that's going to, you know, what is that going to take? Great. Let's take the first step. You know, let's do that. Did they go so well, didn't go so well. You know, what's next? And, you know, just, I guess, building the thinking around, um, you know, how do I create this? How do I keep moving forward? How do I stop myself from falling into, well, it's not my fault. You know, it's Christmas time. It's winter time. It's bloody end of financial year. It's, um, you know, whatever. I guess that's specifically in business. You know, health-wise, same thing. Oh, you know, I want to be um, this kind of weight and this kind of healthy, but you know, it's winter time, so I have to eat hot chips and gravy. Uh, no, you don't. 
So for me, it's about getting that thinking about, well, you know, focus on what you want. Decide what it is you want specifically. And why you want it. Is why they want it important too? Why is mega? Why is huge? Because if your why is not big enough, you are going to be like pushing shit uphill forever. Like your why needs to be a solid connection that is stronger than the why not. Yeah. Ultimately. So I have um, weight loss is something that you brought up and it's something that, um, you know, we talk about on here. Body image is something that's really important, especially with females and people like, okay, um, I need to be a size 12 because I've got this wedding. Okay. Do you need to be a size 12 because that's what you want to be to feel comfortable? Do you want it because that's what size dress you want to fit into? why and then you go okay well why didn't you just buy a 14 because you're a 14 yeah and it's all of these things that are like but if you're happy like i i don't know people have more of a problem with my weight than what i have with my weight yeah which is their problem leave it with them yeah i'm I'm cool but see i'm a strong person i've got i've got zero willpower but i'm very determined so there's a difference between willpower and determination (laughs) so when it comes to like exercising and stuff like that if i'm not a hundred percent in i'm out yeah and that's why I had to like stop because I was killing myself. <laughs> um, but I was just like, you know what? I don't even care. I genuinely stopped caring. And I, I just love... wanted more time at home. Yep. Like I, and but nobody I will admit that. more people to be upfront and honest about that. Because, you know, like I have people come and see me and they go, oh, you know, I want to be... Um, I guess while we're on weight, you know, I, I want to be a size 10 and be able to do this and do that and whatever. And I go, okay, you know, so what's that going to do for you? And they go, oh, my husband will be heaps happier. And what's that going to do for you? Oh, well, um, you know, my uniform will look better on me. Or, you know, my boss will think I look better in my uniform. Or And it's like, yeah, what is that going to do for you? Like, how is that going to make you feel? Because you just can't do stuff for other people as much as we love the people in our lives and we you know we want to do everything we can for them doing stuff like your image and you know down to the job that you do you just can't do it for other people no because you empty yourself out you've got nothing left to give and that becomes across the board my favorite saying you cannot pour from an empty cup yeah and i said to my parents i remember we were sitting at this table when my parents told me they were going to get divorced yeah, and they were sitting there, and and I, me and Jamie were sitting here as well, and and I could see my mum starting to tear up, and I was like, "Fuck, here we go, <laughs> here comes some compassion." And mum's like, "Oh, Kyra, we've got something that we want to tell you," and I was like, "They've either got cancer or they're getting divorced," and I was like, "Please be divorced, like you know." And <laughs> mum's like, "Oh, you know, your dad and I, we're going to be separating." I was like, "Okay," and she's like, "You don't sound upset." I'm like, "I've been waiting for this for two years." Yeah. Like, why are you doing this for anybody? And people blame it on their kids and they blame it on everything else. And like, I'm not saying that my parents did that, but they did, you know, like they, yep. And it's just like, if you're not happy, fuck off. Yes. Like I wouldn't be sitting here if I wasn't happy. Yep. So it's exactly that. And again, when you're on that blame game, you know, like, oh, I need to stay there because of my kids or whatever. You render yourself powerless. Yes. Ultimately. And, and then it follows through in the future, yes. doesn't it? And you finally give in because you're that unhappy. Yep. And getting yourself out of the, that rut is tough. Yeah. But I say to people, you know, look, I don't know why we are so compassionate to those around us and shit with ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's like, so I would say to a lot of people go, oh, you know, I can't get out of this relationship because it breaks my kids' hearts. And I'm like, okay, so I want you to think of your daughter 
in 25 years time, whatever it is, um, in a marriage, in the situation you're in right now, what do you want for her? Oh, I want her out of there. I want her to be happy. Yeah. You know, exactly. If what if leaving makes her happy, then that's what I want for her. I'm like, well, well, why don't you want that for you? And you know, your kids are going to benefit from your happiness, not from your situation. Yeah. You know, they're going to benefit from you being a person that can stand your own ground and go. You know, this is what it was for me. This is what I chose to do. I took control. Yeah, it but don't give optimal. up. Put some effort in. Like yeah. you gave it a solid crack. You put the effort in. Still didn't work. Then that's right. Yeah. You know, raise you know raise a kid in um in that and always it's not one size fits all i understand because i'm sure this will fire a few people up and sorry about that fuck yeah whatever sorry not sorry you don't have to listen (laughs) exactly tune out um but you know like that's your choice so you can stay there and be miserable and be you know a terrible mother or father because you're so freaking damn miserable because of your kids because it's their fault or you know because you've chosen that way or you can get out be you realize that life goes on as much as these situations aren't optimal and sometimes they're shit and sometimes it causes all sorts of you know ugly blowback yeah um you know the amount of people that have come out the other side and gone well thank god i did that yeah you know now i can be the mother i want to be the person i want to be the Imagine if you'd done it 20 years earlier or yeah. 10 years earlier or five years or, or five minutes. Okay, so the question that I ask everybody um, on a part of this podcast is, and you'll hate this because you're a woman of positivity and success and whatever. Because I'm perfect. Yeah. That's what you were trying to say. Three things that you hate. Three things I hate. Um, I hate our... I hate the fear of failure. We touched on that before. I hate the fact that so many amazing opportunities are missed because we're all so damn scared to fail. Um, I talk to people about that so often. I love, so here's a plug for, um, I don't know if that's okay to do, but yeah, go for on it. Netflix right now, Dr. Brené Brown has a hour and 10 minute sort of a doco thing. It's, it's her speaking called The Call to Courage. It's amazing. Now, she studied uh, guilt and shame for many years. She talks a lot about vulnerability. And her saying about that, and this comes from the business field, but I think that it fits everywhere, is unless you're standing in the arena with me, also getting the shit kicked out with you each and every day, I'm not concerned about your feedback. (laughs) And I think that's amazing because we do. Like, How often do we cop this shit from the people in the cheap seats? that are actually not willing to stand where we stand and put ourselves out there. Yeah. So fear of failure, hate it. And it crippled me for years and years and years and years. And in fact, it, you know, I, I caused myself to fail due to, because that's so damn scary, I'll just do nothing. Yeah. So that's ugly for me. Um, I hate comparison. As in a comparison judgment, I should be doing that. This is what I should be coping. You know, I'm. we touched on that earlier. I think a good example of that is, yes, I've got a couple of kids, so I must be busy. You don't have kids, so you're not busy. Like what a shit judgment and a shit comparison. Like one of my favorite questions is compared to what? Yeah, so, compared to who? Compared exactly. to how much? But the amount of people I deal with that go, oh, you know, I'm such a shit person. My best friend is doing this and this and this and this and this. Therefore, I should be. No, you're not them. And that's potentially not what's going to make you happy. And, you know, how do you know? I mean, I don't obviously don't wish negative on people, but how do you know that amazing friend with this amazing life doesn't cry herself to sleep every night? 
you know, we've all got shit. Yeah. We've all got issues. Let's be honest. Yeah. But so deal with your own shit. Up front and some are buried deep back there. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Third and final thing. Um, Third and final thing. What did I? Oh my God. I wanted to be prepared, but I'm totally not. Uh, Fear of failure, judgment. I think the last thing we talked about, the inability to back ourselves in and care for ourselves. You know, why is it okay that I say to people when they're just absolutely bagging themselves and belting themselves up for things they've done, which by the way, you cannot change, you know, take the learning and drop it. You Mm. can't go back and change it. Um, But talking to people in that space and they go, I'm this and I'm that and all this, you know, self-loathing. And I say to them, if your best friend arrived on your doorstep and sat down and told you this, what would you say? You know, and it's always like, it's okay, everything will be fine, you were doing the best you could. You know, if you had a known, if you could have done better, you would have done better. If you had blah, 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 blah. All these kind, caring things that we share outwardly and we can't give to ourselves. Like, so, you know, I think that inability to care for ourselves and say, you know what, I'm worthy, I deserve it my happiness is most important because you know we've got this whole thing about that's so selfish it's love not bloody selfish, selfish. i it am is, super selfish and i love it it's necessary yes and if you are like if you're truly selfish i guarantee that you give so, well you you're doing it now your selfish need um and i'm using this loosely to you know ask questions be curious find out things do this podcast is not how much are you giving to other people through doing that, through being selfish? Even if, you know, I was talking to Marissa the other day who did um, one on mental health. Yep. She said, Kyra, I had people messaging me saying, thank you so much because I'm in that. I was a part of that. And I didn't yep. realize that this is how it was going to go. I had Tessa on who talked about miscarriage. She's had people contact her saying, I've been through that situation. Thank you for making it something I can talk about. So important. And I often wonder like if I... If it wasn't for me, would those things have been heard? And I bet you they would have, but I put it at the forefront. Yeah. You know, like I put it there and I guess that's something that I can be really proud of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And should be. And, you know, that's what happens when we um, are totally honest with ourselves and we honour what we need to be happy, then we just have the ability to give so much more. And I think, you know... In that you lead people that way, whether it's, you know, your partner, whether it's your kids, whether it's your parents, whether it's your boss, whatever, when you show respect for yourself, you know, you A, teach them to respect you, but also B, you teach them to respect themselves. Yeah. It's like, it's okay to take five. It's okay to say, I'm not okay. You know, it's all right to go, I've got this great idea and, you know, I'm going to go for it. And if it fails... I'll cop that too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge believer in taking responsibility for my mistakes too. That's one thing that, that really fucking annoys me. I add that to the list of things that I hate. My list is getting longer and longer and I didn't realize how many (laughs) things that really annoyed me. And I've been working with, um, SA woman and getting people's feedback on things that really annoy them. And, you know, they sent in all of these things and one of them's like, um, not living up to your full potential. And that annoys a lot of them and, uh, snoring and, and these sorts of things. And Ooh, I was like, I should have grabbed that one snoring, <laughs> snoring, <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's all of these things. I'm like, I hate all of this too. Like I just, yeah. <laughs> I just hate so many things, but I'm so, I am polar. I yep. love things or I hate them. There is no in between for me. I am black and white. Yep. 
And I think that's where my honesty comes from as well. Like I'll, I'll be like, yeah, look, but I'm also very happy to agree to disagree. Yeah. On the important matters, you know, on the insignificant matters, I'll be like, nah, I'm right. But you know, on the important matters, like religion, politics, I'm like, if that's what you, if that's what you're happy with, that's cool. I'm not, you know, I'm, that's not what I believe, but that's your opinion. And I love that in 2019, we're allowed to have our opinions. And this podcast is a very safe place for opinions. Yeah. Um, And I can't wait to hear more of people's opinions and beliefs and things that people care about. Yeah. And it it is interesting. And and like it, it opens us up as well to just consider, you know, like I, I keep going back to our model of the world, but that's what happens. We build this model of the world and we think that that's the only way things can be. That's all there is. And then somebody over here is off with their ideal and you go, oh, they can't do that, you know, and it makes you yeah. feel uncomfortable or, but who says they can't? Do you, where is that rule book? Like where is the ultimate absolutely. book that We're says, supposed to be wrapping up, but I want to ask you <laughs> this. No, I want to ask you this question because I believe me, my opinion, I believe that all wars were started with different beliefs, right? Yes. And mostly religion. Yeah. But I'm a huge, like, I've heard some shit, right? Like, I've heard some theories and I'm like, whoa, hon, that's whack. But that's your beliefs. Like, if that's what truly helps you sleep at night, believing that, go for it. Yeah. I don't agree. But if we can all just let things pass us by as an opinion or as in a belief of somebody else, imagine the world it would be if we all just listened, took in what we wanted to let go, what we didn't, how much of a better place this would be. It would be amazing. And you know, so much less stress, so much less fighting, so much less angst. Like it just, that understanding would allow us to connect on such a different level. I think that's what I'm looking to do with this podcast. I'm really looking forward to everybody that's tuning in, learning with me about all yeah. of these exciting things. So Donna, thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks we'll um, share your page on our Facebook page as well. So everyone keep an eye out for Donna Felder success coaching, thank and she's going to share us our quiz. I'm so excited to yes, hear what I love will. language I talk. So I will put the link up for that for you. Uh, and I want to say to you, Kyra, thank you so much for having me on board. And thanks for doing what you do. Like, you know, for whatever the intention was, I think, you know, like you're sharing so much amazing information. That is things that need to be talked about. There needs to be awareness. We need to be able to have that vulnerability to share and go, you know what, me too. You yeah, know, I can sit here and go, I'm fucking perfect. But if we want to have a chat about what's real, then I'm going to be super vulnerable and go, eh. Yeah, and that's right. That somebody else goes, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Usually they will. And um, if anything that um, Donna's spoken about today, um, you know, you want to talk to her about, I'm sure that her inbox is open. Absolutely. So find her on the socials and be social. Until next week, ladies and gents, you keep doing you. Love it. <laughs>